African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Today we're looking at a health story. A study has been launched in the Umlazi township south of Durban in KwaZulu-Natal in which young women will receive a novel treatment aimed at lowering HIV risk. The treatment, called Lectin V, is derived from a strain of bacteria known as Lectobacillus uh, that is basically a naturally abundant in women who have uh, low levels of vaginal inflammation that is associated with uh, decreased HIV risk. Prior studies in South Africa have shown that um, uh, women who have a deficiency of this lectobacillus have higher levels of uh, inflammation up to three to fourfold higher risk of HIV infection. Well, to help us uh, with this, uh, we are joined by Professor Tumbi Ndungu, who is the director of the HIV pathogenesis program at the the University of KwaZulu-Natal, and also we have an anonymous uh, patient who's going to be part of this particular study. We appreciate uh, the anonymous uh, person for coming onto our program. We also appreciate them for actually uh, just being open about being part of this process, and we promise we'll keep their identity anonymous. But let's start the conversation with you, uh, Prof Ndungu. I don't know if I pronounced half of the things that I was highlighting in that intro. I'm not a health expert in any way uh, but I want to be schooled today in terms of your research because you know in a time like we are in right now COVID-19 has been the main focus and it's very important to see uh, professionals such as yours still looking at other forms of uh, illnesses that are still important on the African continent. Professor Ndungu tell us a little bit about the HIV pathogenesis uh, program within the University of KwaZulu-Natal before we go into the study. Well, thank you very much, uh, Benjamin, and uh, good morning to you and as well as to the listeners. Uh, the HIV pathogenesis program is a research unit within the University of KwaZulu-Natal uh, in the College of Health Sciences in the School of uh, Laboratory Medicine and uh, Medical Sciences. And uh, the HIV pathogenesis program has been involved in HIV research in the Durban area and in KwaZulu-Natal in general for the last uh, 20 years. And most of our research in the past has focused on trying to understand um, how HIV is transmitted as well as trying to understand, uh, because we know that some people are at higher risk of HIV acquisition, so we try to understand why is it that some people are at higher risk of HIV acquisition we also try and understand what, why some people progress faster once they become HIV infected. In other words, uh, why is there so much differences? Because some people are able to naturally control HIV infection on mm. their own without antiretroviral drugs. And so those are, those are the two main areas that we, we have worked with. 
Uh, Prof, let's look at this study in itself. I know I highlighted a whole lot of issues uh, in that particular intro. It was a mouthful for me, but let's try to to simplify it for uh, the layman and just try to really look at what this research aims to establish. Benjamin, your your pronunciations were actually uh, spot on. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Um, So this study is uh, a culmination of uh, many years of work, uh, previous work that has, uh, where we have worked with this uh, community, as I mentioned, trying to understand how HIV is transmitted and trying to see what is it that we can do to reduce uh, the risk uh, of HIV acquisition. So we know that young people, particularly young women, are at uh, high risk of HIV acquisition. If you look at the people who are newly infected with HIV uh, over the last, let's say, 10 years, it tends to be primarily in, in that uh, young women age group. And so one of the studies that we have done to try and understand why that is the the case, is that we find that a lot of women develop a condition known as bacterial uh, vaginosis. And just to explain, Mm. maybe in very simple terms, what bacterial vaginosis is, is that in the female genital reproductive system, there are bacteria that are naturally occurring that live within uh, the female genital tract. Mm. And those bacteria are very important for the mm. optimal health of the reproductive tract. In other words, those bacteria, if they are disturbed, if their frequencies is, is uh, altered, that then results in this condition that uh, bacterial vaginosis. And this then results in uh, inflama- what we call inflammation, which can be characterized by a, a, a vaginal discharge as well as itching. And what has been shown in many studies is that that particular condition is associated with higher risk of HIV acquisition. So if you have uh, bacterial vaginosis, you are more likely to acquire HIV compared to somebody who doesn't have mm-hmm. that particular condition. So that's mm-hmm. what our previous research has shown, and what we have shown also is that the reason, or certainly one of the reasons that people develop this condition is because of the lack of this particular bacterial strain known as uh, Lactobacillus uh, crispati. So mm. some women who have, some, some women who have uh, Lactobacilli bacteria, mm. and those women who have Lactobacilli abundant uh, microbiome mm. within the female genital tract have optimal, what we call optimal vaginal health. Mm. But those that are lacking that particular bacteria seem to be the ones who develop this particular condition mm. in the bacterial vaginosis. And so this study that we need to do then will be to directly test whether if we can introduce this bacteria into the female reproductive uh, tract of women, whether that will reduce genital inflammation as well as mm. result in the growth of, of this bacteria, the, the good bacteria, mm. if I may call it that way, mm. the lactobacillus uh, crispatis mm. bacteria. 
Okay, let's let's bring in uh, anonymous into this conversation. Uh, if you're just uh, joining us now, we're looking at uh, a recent study that's been launched in the Umlazi Township, south of Durban, uh, where um, young women will receive a novel treatment aimed at lowering HIV risk. Uh, we know that. Uh, these kind of research uh, projects are so essential, especially in a time such as this one where COVID-19 seems to be a central issue and these other issues such as HIV or other kinds of health research are sidelined. So we want to put a spotlight on this particular uh, research uh, which has just recently been launched. Let's bring Anonymous who's going to be uh, a part of uh, this uh, particular trial process. Anonymous, thank you for giving us your time. Hi, greetings to you and greetings to all the listeners out there. Anonymous, I want to, without you saying your name, tell me a little bit about yourself because I think anyone who goes into a process such as like this is a health activist in some sort. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Don't reveal too much. You don't have to tell me your name or your surname, but I want to just get to know a little bit about you. Well, I'm a young woman from one of the townships here. Um, I'm a single mother. I'm all about me, about improving myself. So, yeah, Mm. I just, yes. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about why did you decide to actually be part of this um, trial? Um, Because... Um, it, it's it's a very much uh, an important thing in terms of research development. Why did you decide to say yes? I want to be part of this process. Well, at first I discovered something that I didn't know about me, mm. about the bacteria that I have. Mm. So I got a chance to, to study it, learn about it while treating it. So that for me was something. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And you are the first patient to actually be part of this uh, process. Um, uh, is this something that you are proud of because you are someone who's actually contributing to health research? Yes, I'm proud about that. You know, I've got it. Maybe I've got a chance. Maybe one day I'll be the one telling the community mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, mm. Yeah, that's a big thing for me. Well, that's fantastic. We'll come back to you, uh, Anonymous. And uh, let me take a a quick break. Uh, I think you are a champion. I think even other volunteers who are part of this process, it's not um, anything that everyone does, but I think that those who get into this particular processes are just champions and they're really championing uh, research in their own way. But uh, we're joined by Professor Tumbi Ndongo, Director of uh, the University of KwaZulu-Natal's HIV Pathogenesis uh, Program. And also we've got Anonymous, who's patient number one in this research. Uh, the treatment called Lactin-V uh, is aimed to actually uh, lower um, risks uh, for women. We'll continue just to get a little understanding on this innovation and maybe uh, also pick Professor Ndongo's brain on... Um, the importance of research at a time like this, especially with COVID-19. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. You are still listening to Channel Africa. DSTV Channel 802 is where you're listening to us from. And if you are streaming us live internationally, you're on www.channelafrica.co.za. 
am an African woman. My womb carries the seeds of greatness that shall raise our forefathers' land to its glory days. Happy Africa Month. For your latest update on the novel coronavirus for Channel Africa in Mombasa, Kenya, I am Diana Wanyonyi. Droplets spread virus. By following good respiratory hygiene, you protect the people around you from viruses such as cold, flu, and COVID-19. 20 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama, here on African Dialogue. This is where we zoom into critical issues on the African continent. Today we're looking at health, looking at this uh, study that was launched at the Umlazi Township, south of Durban in KwaZulu-Natal. We're speaking to uh, patient number one who's part of this uh, trial run, and we also have Professor Atumbi Ndungu, director of the HIV pathogenesis uh, program at the University of KwaZulu-Natal were looking at this particular study. Professor Ndung, we were speaking to patient number one, you know, volunteers in such research, how critical are they? Uh, Benjamin, this is uh, absolutely uh, important. Obviously, we cannot make any scientific advance without uh, working with the community and without working with the people that uh, are about to benefit from whatever scientific innovation that we come up with. So any scientific advance, particularly in the area of uh, public health, has to involve not just uh, scientists, but also members of the community. It has to be a partnership, and it's also a partnership with the government, because it's the government and institutions Mm. that approve these uh, studies. But once they approve these studies, then you have to go to the community and roll out whatever intervention within the community. So it's absolutely important, and uh, I, I completely agree with you in your description of participants in these studies as heroes because they are playing a very important role of um, putting themselves uh, you know, out there so that they can... Uh, be part of these studies that will then advance the knowledge about these products and whether these products are actually safe and also whether these products are actually effective in mm. whatever we are trying to to, to achieve in, in this case in reducing HIV acquisition because the, the research can go either way in terms of either it can show that the product is effective or the, it can also show that the product is not effective uh, and we need to have that knowledge in order for us to move to the next stage of rolling out these kinds of novel interventions. Mm. Um, let me go back to you, patient number one or anonymous. And, uh, you know, in terms of you being part of this uh, research, tell us a little bit about your experience around it. I'm going to let you go very soon. Maybe this is a question I can ask you and then we'll, we'll let you go. Um, how was the experience for you? And what did you say to the community around you? How did they feel about you participating? Well, yeah, my, my experience has been good. Uh, everything has been good. Yeah, I've had some uh, side effects and everything, but then it's been taken care of. I've got the doctor and the nurses. 
with me all the time. So I've got nothing to complain about. In the, the community, okay, not much people know about this, mm. but if you know about it, and uh, then they are happy for me, then that this is they they are learning something new yeah. as well, yeah. And what they, have you learned from this experience in your participation? Uh, well, I've learned that uh, we've got uh, like we've got so much diseases that we don't know about. We've mm. got we we are in a high risk of getting STIs and HIV, but there's a way to prevent them. Absolutely. So by taking this, this by being this part of by being a part of this study is a, a way of trying to prevent like mm. STIs and HIV and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Anonymous, for giving us your time. Uh, thank you for being open and just giving us an idea on uh, why you participated in this and uh, keep being a hero and well done for uh, your contribution to uh, not just South Africa, but uh, for the continent itself. So we really appreciate you um, being part of this particular study. Thank you. Well, uh, let me continue this uh, conversation with you, Professor Ndungu, because some people would ask the question, why is this particular research only focused on women? Yes. Um, thanks again, uh, Benjamin. And uh, so the reason this uh, study is focusing on women is, first of all, like, as I mentioned, the rate of HIV infection, incident HIV infections, which means new HIV infections, is extremely high uh, in young women. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to overcome the problem of HIV uh, transmission in the community and defeat uh, HIV, we have to then focus on the people that are mostly affected by this uh, problem. And that's why that's number one reason why we are focusing on women. But in the other uh, reason, particularly mm-hmm. with this particular intervention, is that actually we need uh, an intervention that is very specific to women and that women themselves can have control of. And the issue of uh, the, the vaginal microbiome or the bacteria that live in the female genital tract is something that has been very well studied uh, almost for decades now. And we therefore understand very well what the, the vagina um, or the reproductive, the female reproductive tract, uh, bacteria composition mm. should look like in mm. a healthy individual. Mm. And so this is knowledge that has directly been gained from women, and this is now an attempt to try and translate, directly translate that knowledge to benefit uh, women in an area that is uh, very specific to, to women. Mm. Let's let's look at um, where this study sits with other studies. Um, one would also think of prophylaxis as uh, something that has been of benefit to, to, to many communities and to women themselves uh, on the African continent and also internationally. Where do we contextualize this particular study in terms of other research and uh, also other uh, breakthroughs? Uh, yeah, thank you again for that question. I think it's a very important question, and it's very important for us to realize that there are very good approaches for preventing HIV infection that are already out there. As you mentioned, uh, for example, treatment of HIV infection with 
antiretroviral drugs reduces the viral load in the person who is infected. And that in itself is an HIV prevention tool because people who have low viral load cannot transmit the virus to their sexual partners. In addition to that, people who are HIV negative can protect themselves by taking, uh, by using uh, preventative strategies such as condoms, but they can also use um, what we call pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is basically an antiretroviral drug that you can take, a pill that you take, and uh, that prevents you from getting HIV infected. So there are many HIV prevention tools out there. However, uh, if you look at something like pre-exposure prophylaxis, what we have found in Sub-Saharan Africa is that the uptake of some of these methods has been very low. Mm. And there are many reasons for that. Um, part of the reason could be that uh, people have to use this on a daily basis. Um, so, for example, a lot of people have expressed the need for these uh, products to be long-lasting. And so what we are trying to do is to add to the toolbox of uh, available strategies so that people have more choice in terms of what they would like as a choice to ultimately prevent HIV infection. And so this, if it was to be successful, we don't know yet whether it will be successful, but if this particular method was to be successful, it would be one more tool that we use to prevent HIV infections. But it also deals with another a particular problem of uh, reproductive health uh, in women because it prevents this condition, it would potentially prevent this condition known as uh, bacterial vaginosis, which is characterized by, as I mentioned, by uh, itching and uh, a vaginal discharge and discomfort. And so it would also solve that uh, particular uh, problem. So, but in terms of HIV prevention, this would be an, another tool that we have that would uh, be very specific to women and that women can use to prevent themselves uh, from getting HIV infected if this was shown to be effective. Mm. I was speaking to my um, producer, Timelo Zulu, who was uh, putting this program together and was telling me that the participants are in the age range of 18 to, to 23. Is there something significant around that? Yes, as I mentioned, the data in uh, most of sub-Saharan Africa shows that uh, the, if you look at HIV infection rates, the incidence rate is very high among young women, uh, particularly between uh, the ages of 18 and 23. But uh, So that's why we want to focus particularly in that age group. But the other reason also is that the previous study that we, sh- we have done that led to us wanting to test this particular intervention, where we looked at the vaginal microbiome, was done specifically in young women between the ages of 18 and 23 in a cohort a study that we ran for almost a decade now in the area of KwaZulu-Natal. So we understand that group very well in terms of uh, the composition of the uh, vaginal bacteria and that then allows us to do an intervention within that group because that is the group that we have then knowledge on. And But of course, if this particular intervention was, was shown to be safe and effective through the study, the idea would then to be to roll it out into a wider uh, group of 
age groups. But for the for the for, for a start, uh, most of our information so far has been in women between the ages of 18 and 23. And given the fact that this is a group that is at high risk of HIV acquisition, that's why we have decided to focus on that particular group. Is there anything that we haven't touched on 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 this particular? Um, um, study, um, Prof. Ndungo, because when we come back, I'd like us to look at issues around research, uh, looking at it in general, not necessarily looking at this particular study. Maybe you can touch on other elements that maybe we haven't touched on. I just want to give you that opportunity. We'll go to a break and then come back and look at other issues. Just to just to make, maybe make it very clear for the audience what the study is trying to achieve. There are two main outcomes, um, or maybe I should say three main outcomes for this particular study. One is to make sure that this particular product is uh, safe, that there are no uh, significant uh, side effects associated with the use of this uh, particular product, and I think that's important. The second thing would be to try and see whether the product actually achieves the goal of reducing genital inflammation. So once we we administer this product, we will study uh, to see whether there is uh, any evidence of this particular product reducing genital inflammation. And you can do that by measuring chemicals within uh, called cytokines and chemokines. And then the third thing is to see whether this particular product will durably, over a long period of time, change the composition of the uh, vaginal microbiome Mm. to promote the growth of lactobacilli. Uh, So we will not actually be directly so these are the very first steps in mm. terms of moving this study forward. Mm. And if we find that this particular product is effective and safe, in those two, it's, it's, it's effective in those two uh, objectives of reducing inflammation as well as promoting the growth of lactobacillus, and we, if we find that it is safe, then we can ne- move to the next phase of our study, which would then be tested directly to see whether it can prevent HIV acquisition. Mm, thank you for that clarification. Stay there on the line, Professor Ndungu. We'll get into um, issues of the research space under COVID-19. This is an issue I've been wanting to uh, talk about for a very long time. And I think uh, having you on our program gives us that opportunity to, to look at this pivotal issue. We'll look at that after our break. I am an African woman. My womb carries the seeds of greatness that shall raise our forefathers' land to its glory days. Happy Africa Month. My woman, my everything, yo, I'm available. I'm, I'm available. Yo, this is Pater Rankin, and you're listening to Channel Africa on an African perspective. Yes, Twenty-five minutes uh, to uh, midday. Remember, we have Africa Midday coming up uh, uh, from uh, twelve o'clock. Uh, that is our English news desk program, uh, where you get the latest news on what's happening on the African continent. We've got uh, all our correspondents who've been filing in uh, from different parts of the continent. So do stay with us right here on Channel Africa. We're going to sum up our conversation with uh, Professor Ndungu, who is uh, the director of uh, the HIV pathogenesis. 
Services Program at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. It's been a fascinating moment speaking with him uh, just to understand this research that he's involved in. But I want us to have a more generalized conversation on HIV research during COVID-19. Professor Ndungu, uh, how have things been for, for research currently right now? I mean, we come from an era whereby there was funding uh, conservative approaches uh, under the Donald Trump era when it comes to HIV research funding. And now we have a COVID-19. Um, it's a very interesting time for research, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very uh, challenging time for for research. Uh, for, those two re- for the reasons that you mentioned, first of all, I think the funding, particularly for HIV research, uh, is going down uh, and has been coming down over the last uh, decade or so. So it's becoming increasingly difficult to get the funds to not only do uh, research on uh, HIV, but also actually to roll out uh, service services uh, for HIV, such as antiretroviral therapy, as well as HIV prevention services. And the other thing, of course, is that um, COVID-19 has uh, exacerbated this problem such that we now have uh, disruption of uh, a lot of uh, HIV and TB research as well as services uh, for 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 prevention and treatment of of these diseases. So in my view, this is a very um, pivotal time that we are living in. Uh, Obviously, COVID-19 is a very important uh, challenge with socioeconomic implications that we need to deal with. Mm. But we must not forget these other uh, diseases that we have in our midst, such as HIV and TB and other uh, infectious diseases, some of them which are preventable, in fact, with the vaccines. Unfortunately, Mm. because of COVID-19, COVID-19 has also uh, disrupted uh, immunization and vaccination programs for many vaccine-preventable diseases. Mm. And if we don't, if we are not careful, we might uh, begin to see the resurgence of these diseases that we thought we were on our way to conquering, unfortunately. Mm. And, And that's a very significant point that you bring there, Professor Ndungu, in the latter part of your answer, because, um, you know, common sense does tell you that if we don't have a a, a two-pronged response to the COVID-19 challenge, uh, one, focusing on COVID-19 as a serious issue, but also the fact that all these other um, illnesses are also essential to focus on uh, because we don't want an overlap of, uh, of, of risks. Uh, certainly, and you're absolutely right, and that's why uh, I'm very delighted that you actually decided to host me on your show to talk about uh, HIV today rather than uh, COVID-19, because although, uh, as you say, COVID is a very important uh, public health challenge that we need to deal with, we must not forget these other diseases and that uh, we haven't really conquered those uh, these other diseases. We still need uh, new and uh, novel interventions. We need innovation in uh, HIV prevention. We need innovation in prevention of TB. We need innovation in prevention of other diseases. Um, Otherwise, we are going to be having a very difficult time in dealing with uh, the re-emergence of these diseases if we 
we neglect uh, these diseases, and especially we neglect the services Mm. uh, for these diseases. You know, just to to sum up the conversation, it's just to reveal the complication of where we are right now. And I'm sure you working in the space as a health practitioner, Professor Ndungu, you have so many red flags on a daily basis um, when it comes to the research space since COVID-19. I mean, the vaccination um, procurement process seems to be very sluggish on the African continent while we're seeing this low support of research in in other health uh, uh, research programs. How dire is the situation right now and how serious should we be um, retracing our steps and and, and really sorting uh, this particular challenge in a multifunctional manner? This is a wake-up call moment. Uh, for Africa in many ways. Uh, I think for too long we have depended on other continents, uh, on the resource-rich countries to provide uh, uh, products, uh, medical products, that we can then use uh, in our setting. And um, this is not healthy in terms of the sustainability of our own uh, responses to pandemics, and even to the common health challenges, quote-unquote common health challenges that we face on an ongoing basis. So I think what this pandemic has taught us is that uh, we need to, yes, in the short term, we must do whatever we can to procure, for example, vaccines from the countries that have um, made them, but we must uh, really, really look at our own ability to and be um, productive and to be competitive in the research and development uh, arena so that we begin to think about how can we make our own uh, vaccines? Do we have the capacity? Why is it that we have to wait for other countries to make these uh, vaccines and uh, drugs for us to then have availability for them? Why is it that in Africa we can only do uh, clinical trials, which are, of course, very important, but we also need to be doing uh, fundamental research to begin to develop the capability to make some of these drugs and to have the intellectual property so that we own the intellectual property so that uh, we, we can more rapidly respond to our pandemics and other health challenges without having to rely on partners. It's not, it's not an easy uh, process, mm-hmm. but we can certainly move, begin to move towards that and uh, we have to invest in uh, in the in scientific capability to do that, but also invest in our young people. I I work in a university and a research institute here in Durban, and um, we have some very brilliant uh, young people, and we need to empower them. We need to mentor them and help them to uh, move some of the ideas, the the very innovative and beautiful ideas that they have forward so that they can begin to develop uh, the vaccines and the drugs that we need uh, for the future, as well as dealing with some of the social challenges that we have in terms of uh, the diseases that we have, so that we can have innovative uh, strategies for dealing with the diseases in a comprehensive manner, uh, in a very proactive manner, so that we can overcome these uh, challenges. Well, uh, you know, you're echoing the the words of... um, uh 
someone I was speaking to just yesterday, that's uh, the Coalition for Dialogue on Africa's um, executive director, which is associated with the African Union, where they are establishing a task team for Africa's equitable access to vaccines and vaccinations. And it's almost like you guys were in the same conversation where she was speaking about Africa's struggle in terms of uh, vaccination creation and the fact that uh, we are always reliant on external um, uh, forces to actually deal with these health issues on the African continent. Is it possible that we can create uh, an infrastructure uh, that we can source from our own uh, here on the continent? Just to wrap it up, uh, uh, Prof Ndungu. I see no reason why we shouldn't. Uh, we we have the intellectual capabilities to, to do this. What we need is uh, we must invest and uh, invest in a sustainable way, mm. in a prolonged way. Uh, we must develop a culture of research and development mm. um, where we invest in long term rather than just short term. I think one of the challenges that we have had is that there is a, often we have tended to be very short term in our thinking, even when it comes to research. Um, mm. We have tended to want to go for the quick win uh, kind of research um, without going to the, you know, a lot of research that goes in the background, mm. um, maybe away from even from public limelight. Yeah. So, we we need to invest in that uh, fundamental research that then in a sustained way that and, and somewhat i have no doubt that if we do that that will then eventually begin to lead to uh, new products and well, entrepreneurship yeah uh, well we have to leave it there uh, professor ndungu Definitely, there is a long way to go and we have to interrupt the whole um, historical system that we've been reliant on. And definitely, we need to create a new trajectory when it comes to the health research space. But thank you for giving us your time and all the best uh, with this research that you are still um, looking at. Uh, We really appreciate you giving us your time. African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. 